In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to transform your dog-owning struggles through games. So today we have a really common struggle, and at the same time, Tom, one that is painful when it happens. And we have Donna, and she's talking about her little dog, Barney. Now, he's 11 months old, wasn't that interested in balls, and then suddenly became very, very obsessed with balls. And actually, Don has actually had to ban them on a walk. His daycare has banned him from having balls playing fetch because he's being a real hooligan. Um, And he basically is hoarding every ball he can find. And most probably excruciatingly painful for his owner, Donna, he will steal anyone else's ball, which is pretty much every day. It's embarrassing for um, Donna and and she feels that she needs our help. Okay, so... There are a few concepts at play here that if we can work on those, you will find that actually just being in the presence of a ball is um, is not quite so, um, not such a scary prospect for you. So first things first, some dogs, they learn that in the presence of a tennis ball or any kind of ball, all they can think about is that ball and having it in their mouth and racing around with it and retrieving it. And it represents effectively a lack of flexibility in that they can't see another way to behave around that object. Now, um, the cool thing is, is we can actually work on flexibility. And so what we get you doing, Donna, is, um, is first of all, start with a different object. Start with maybe, I don't know, a book or a stool or something. And what you're going to do is you're going to train him, teach him many different ways to interact with this object. So it might be, for example, front feet on. It might be back feet on. It might it, be one front foot yeah. on or one back foot on. It might be. Now that we've worked on those things, can you just be around the object and not interact can with it? Can you maybe lie down near the object? Can you maybe do a left spin or a right spin next to the object without actually putting your feet on the object? Yeah. Now, you think about what this means in terms of your struggle. Well, it makes sense that what we want him to be is a normal dog around um, a tennis ball. And so what you can then start to do is, as we layer in the other concepts and where this eventually goes is, okay, can there be a tennis ball in the room and you still, you're able to make choices and um, do particular behaviors or play some of the, the, you know, the absolute dog's games in the presence of the ball that does not involve the ball. That's going to be a key step for you. Now, another game and concept that I would um, address, I suppose, for me is arousal up, arousal down. Um, And actually, would I be able to maybe, I personally would still use balls with with my dog. Um, And what I would do is I would actually see if he can do some basic behaviors before he ever gets the ball. Um, So effectively also disengaging from it and engaging from it and re-engaging to it rather. So for me, something like sit down, stand, middle, left, right, 
any of the behaviors that you know he already knows. Now, for my dogs, they're much more likely to know a spin or a, an instant down because those are things I use in everyday life. So those are the ones I would go with. I'd go to my strongest behaviors and I would see actually can he even think about basic um, sort of cues. Now, that would be for me um, with the ball in my hand. I wouldn't put the ball down. I wouldn't have the ball on the floor. I wouldn't have the ball in his presence. I wouldn't have him having free access to the ball. This would be simply with me working on actually, can you control yourself? Can you think around these things? And actually, I, I, the, one of the main reasons I personally don't remove it completely is I kind of like to work with the real thing. Like we're working with real pulse, right? Yeah. Um, and I like to work with that because I think that's when you're going to get your best long-term results. Um, but at the same time, I'm not trying to value build on the ball. What I'm trying to do is um, make sure that I've got a level of impulse control and thoughtfulness around that ball. Yeah, absolutely. And leading on from that, you could work on disengagement from tennis balls specifically. And you could utilize one of the games that we that we taught you in the Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge. Now, if you haven't yet done the Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge, what are you waiting for? It's your next step. You need and to do it. it's got over 70% off right now. Yeah, and it's just £27 or 32 US dollars for over 25 days of teaching a new game each day and you can find out more about that by heading to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy now one of the games that we teach in that challenge is called plant pot prison and what plant pot prison says is okay we're going to put some value under the plant pot. and we literally use like you know like a, a like a terracotta plant pot and i think one. barney does sound like a strong dog so you might need to have some gloves on and be yeah. braced and ready yeah. with your plant pot and Absolutely. being ready to hold it yeah and what we do is we teach our dogs that you know there's something valuable under there whether it be food or whether it be a tennis ball but i'd start this game with food for barney to start with and what we teach them is to control themselves around it to the point where when you've played the, the stages of that game that we show you in the challenge, you can actually walk away from this very distracting, very exciting pot and your dog will follow you so that you can then reward them by racing them back to it and having fun with them. So really what it does is it makes you more part of the game. And I think when our dogs are distracted by things, no matter what it is, we can very quickly go into trying to almost peel them away from the distraction. Whereas actually what we want to do is almost... Um, explore the world and be part of the part of the distraction together where that is possible. And the cool thing is, is that it is possible with a tennis ball. So that would be the next layer that we'd add in. Something else I'd really consider and not so much a concept or a training game, but actually something I'd really consider is allowing Barney um, rehearsal of anything you don't want. So personally, I wouldn't allow him to have the opportunity to steal anyone else's ball, whether that means I don't walk him in um, those spaces, whether it means he's on lead, whether it means I walk in places where I'm not likely to see a ball. So for me, I've I've never yet seen anyone throwing a ball along our bridle path because it's not really a place to throw a ball. It's too narrow and there's not really any opportunity and a dog would probably hurt itself if they were chasing a ball. So I'd consider where I was walking. I'd consider how I was walking and I'd consider the purpose of my walk and the purposefulness of what I'd had planned as to whether actually it was the right thing for him right now. But mo- most of all, I would not allow him to be able to steal anyone else's ball. And I'll be honest, I would consider whether daycare is the right space for him as well. And I know you're sitting here thinking, dear Lord, she's taking away things. We're taking away maybe to then be able to re-add them with purpose later on. So actually consider how full his bucket is. Actually, it sounds like a dog with quite a full bucket and a lot to think about. And I might give him a little bit less to think about. Let's consider it as a bucket holiday. Right, Tom, I don't know if you want to go into that a little bit more, but I think for me... Every time he rehearses this, this is getting stronger and stronger. And you know the dogs that wants other people's toys way more than they want their own. I feel like this is being grown in the wrong direction here. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the challenge is, is that 
just as he's showing maybe a lack of flexibility, a lack of ability to think in arousal, a lack of um, disengagement here, what you'll start to see is those those struggles, they'll pop up in different scenarios. And so what we want you to what we want you to see this as is an amazing opportunity to work on these things that are really going to benefit Barney anyway in a variety of situations. And the cool thing is, is that Barney said, you know what? His flavor of distraction is something that you can easily have in your hand and that is not living. And therefore, you've got the opportunity to so actually many people, really work on this. Well, so many people would kill for this one, right? Yeah. Like that's, if I had a ball-obsessed dog, I'm quite happy. Yeah. Like for Tom and I, this is quite a cool thing. Whereas you get like a scent-obsessed dog or a pony-obsessed dog or a sheep-obsessed dog and or a squirrel-obsessed dog. games and different strategies. And you know there. what? They're all, they're all like obsessions that we, that we see or, or um, dogs that really find value in them that we see. They're all things we can work with. They're all things that we can... And I think the ball one actually is quite a cool one. Yeah. Right, it's a cool yeah. one. So and get excited because this is such a cool opportunity to teach him some valuable life and skills. massively consider if he is somewhere like the daycare, actually, what is he doing? How is he doing it? Is it growing him in the direction you want to grow him in? Actually, is it not? What's he up to when he's there, I think, Tom, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the final thing that we've, that we've got to add in there is, is, are there any other scenarios in his life where... He is maybe practicing lack of flexibility, where he's maybe practicing lack of thinking in excitement, where he's maybe practicing a lack of disengagement. And that a, a could lack be of a impulse control when you're not there. Right, like lack yeah. of impulse control, just taking things when he wants them. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it could be it could be a daycare when you're not there, so you don't know. And therefore, it, you know, it'd be worth finding maybe out. Maybe you've got a dog walker that comes in, or maybe you've got someone that comes in and throws balls for him. Um, I love that you've said on here, do I need to throw 500 balls for him a day? No, no, and no. And neither does your dog walker, your dog boarder, your home boarder, your um, daycare. Actually, it is possibly, or it's it's very possibly happening at some other point in his day. And equally, it could be a scenario totally separate from tennis ball. So for example, when, when, when he sees the lead, as if he's going for a walk, can he, you know, do anything other than get excited and go lights on no one's home? Can he maybe do middle? Can he do sit? How about if you walk towards the door and you open the door? Can he only think about going through it? Or actually, can he maybe do some of the games or behaviors and tricks that you've taught him? All of these, all of these areas and situations are an opportunity to work on what you want to work on. And yet you get to work on them in a variety of different ways, which always works better. So most of all, Donna... I think there are a lot of strategies there for you. And his struggle is actually other people's strength. They really want this. So massive pat on the back for recognizing where you are. Massive sort of you're not alone. You're absolutely not alone. You are absolutely in good company. And you found your home here. You found your team. Please play all of the games from Sex in a Squirrel that are appropriate to you and to Barney. He sounds like a super cool dude. We'd love to see a photo of him. Um, And if you own a dog like Barney... And you can relate to any of this. Please introduce yourself in the groups. Please tell us a little bit about you and your dog. We love to hear about your real life struggles. Absolutely post us your questions, post us your um, anything that you would like us to do a future podcast on, because these struggles are for us real life scenarios and are things that we know can be made much more pleasurable with just a tiny bit of adaptation. Absolutely. So with that, guys, that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. We tackled a game changer struggle. We'll see you in the next episode. Remember, stay Stay sexy. sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.